Hello and welcome to the Educators for Social Justice podcast. Educators for Social Justice, or ESJ, is a grassroots, teacher-led professional development group located in St. Louis, Missouri. We believe that educators are public intellectuals who gain strength and wisdom through working with other educators, parents, and members of our community. Our mission is to develop and support socially just, equitable, and sustainable practices in schools and communities. This podcast seeks to provide authentic voice for educators who are doing social justice work in classrooms, schools, and communities. We celebrate a diverse group of teachers and students by discussing their successes, struggles, and visions in effectively implementing social justice education. We invite you to listen and challenge yourself to think about how your work can connect to social justice. Today, we are excited to welcome Dr. Tamira Wells as the Educators for Social Justice um, inaugural episode, I would say, um, guest. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Yeah, okay, so I first want to start by letting um, the viewers, I'm sorry, the listeners know that Tamara is the uh, recipient of the 2016 Courageous Educa Educator Award, um, and we're excited to have you share with us on this inaugural podcast episode. Um, so I just want to give a bit of background information on you and then have you share uh, with us today. Okay. okay. So, um, so Dr. Wells is an eighth grade English teacher with the Hazelwood School District and was inspired to create CHAT, children having academic talks when, there's, when her students were scoring low on grammar. As a result, the school instituted a daily oral language practice. Um, observing her students' complaints, Wells, Dr. Wells recalled her own hurtful experiences being told that she didn't speak proper. She had her students create monologues, dramatizing the struggle to balance their two languages, such as the frustration of repeatedly being told by teachers, you write like you speak. Um, she urged teachers to investigate how they could construct language ideologies in their classrooms, affirming students' first language, then asking, is there a way that you can say that? So welcome again. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So thanks again for joining us today uh, for this podcast. And I just want to start by checking in with you. So I've, I've read uh, all of our, you know, um, studied language as, as far as who educators for social justice is. Um, now let's just talk. Okay. <laughs> let's Sounds just good. talk as educators. Um, so I want to check in just by asking what's new and good with you. So what's good with you? So what's new and good is that I'm here. This is my first podcast and mm -hmm. I'm always excited to share the work that I do as mm -hmm. an educator around the issues of social justice. Uh, justice. And so I am a new member of the Educators for Social Justice, as we call it, ESJ. Mm -hmm. I am a member, a board member, mm -hmm. and um, also I chair several committees within the organization. Mm -hmm. Currently, we're working on our conference planning that we'll have in February, our big conference that we have. Um, so we're just doing a lot of work here and there. I'm excited about the growth. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hearing so much about just the growth over the years with the conference. And last year was a really big conference. So we've grown and mm -hmm. we are actually moving to another location and more people are hearing about the work that we do. So that's what's new around ESJ. Okay, awesome. Awesome. And what about you? Okay, as far as what's <laughs> new with me. Yeah. Well, what's new with me is that I'm here and I'm 
having an opportunity to, I guess, share more information about chat. Mm-hmm. And so Chat Academy actually came about. I cannot give myself credit. If my students could sit here with me, they would. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them even said last week during parent-teacher conferences, don't forget I helped you get your doctorate. That's right. And I said, and you know what? I owe you, and I'm going to help you get your doctorate. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So um, and actually the group of eighth graders that I have, I had them as sixth graders as well. And as you stated, um, my work at UMSL for my doctorate was around language literacy and culture. Mm -hmm. I didn't know for sure what I wanted to do for a research topic, but I knew I wanted it to be meaningful. I knew I wanted it to be something around African-American students and something that I could use as a platform for change. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I could be really uh, blunt to fix something that's wrong with our black children at our school Mm. in particular Mm -hmm. and that hopefully I could use to share with other teachers well that wasn't exactly what ended up happening it wasn't something that needed to be fixed Mm -hmm. it was information that needed to be shared um, multiple perspectives I had that single narrative and so what's new now is just trying to get um, more students involved in chat academy and Chat Academy is the title that I came up with, actually sitting down talking with my husband. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, all you guys are doing is chatting. And I'm like, yeah, but the chat is it's a real big deal. Like, yeah. it's meaningful. Like, can chat stand for something? And so we just started playing around. I'm like, well, it's academic. And we were just brainstorming. So the students that I have now, like I said before, I had many of them as sixth graders. But there's a portion of them that I did not have. Um, and so I'm trying to get them engaged with the topics that I bring up around Chat Academy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's very new because <laughs> these some of the children, they weren't aware of Chat Academy before. And so they're like, what is it? I don't want to do it because yeah. it sounds, I guess, like something that's going to be assessed. Okay. And they're tired of testing. Oh, absolutely. So. Absolutely. So does chat take place in, within the constructs of your classroom only? Or is this something that's for the community? Like, where does it happen and who can get involved? So I'll let the secret out. Okay. Initially. We love secrets. <laughs> this is a secret. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm so ready to expose it. Um, and I have before. So initially when I was doing the work at UMSL um, around grammar mm-hmm. and the students were having the conversations of we had daily oral language. And one student was having a debate with another student on the correction that he thought she should make in her speaking. Mm-hmm. And I actually just hit record on my phone because it was powerful. And it was a conversation that I had planned to take back to my colleagues at UMSL while mm-hmm. I was a student. Mm-hmm. And so in doing so, I shared it with my colleagues at UMSL. And one of my professors said, well, that, that's your research there. Why don't you do your work around? That's meaningful. And I said, well, what's the work? Language? Mm-hmm. I mean, they know what language they speak, and they need to learn how to speak correctly. Right. And I kept saying correct and proper correct and proper. And so um, just going back and allowing the students to have the organic conversations, I went back and I said, well, let's pick up where we left off because they wanted to continue. And I actually stopped the conversation between the two students because I didn't know where they were going with it. I felt like it was about to be a black and white issue. Mm -hmm. And our district shies away from that because this was around the time of the unrest in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. So all I knew was let's keep things cool. Let's just stop. Right, right, right. But I decided to go back and say, you know, you guys were talking about something that was kind of interesting. Let's let's go back to that. But I let them do the talking. Mm-hmm. So um, in doing the research, my first year of collecting data, I had an administrator who was totally on board. She thought it was super cool. Do what you do. Help me out because all I know is this daily oral grammar. And I said, I'm going to tell you what, that's not going to work. Yeah. 
let me get finished with this program and I'm going to have the answer. Well, she ended up um, going on to another school the last year of my data collection. Mm -hmm. And so I had a new administrator who was very cautious about me continuing my work. So when you ask, where do I do Chat Academy? I had to close my door and do the work. Oh, wow. Um, It wasn't a flat out no. Yeah. But it was a... I'm not sure if that's okay mm-hmm. from my administrator. Um, I'll need to check, and I'll get back with you. Well, mm-hmm. if you know about working on a doctorate, well, at UMSL was a three-year intensive program that moved at a very rigorous, fast pace. So I couldn't wait. Like, I'm already engaged in this. So um, I literally had to be smart about it. So I took the Missouri Learning Standards and I tried to align the standards with the work that we were doing so oh. that if I got a walkthrough, which is when administrators and our other teachers or colleagues come in to see what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, that I could justify the work that I was doing because yeah. I believed in it and I had been doing it for a while. Take and- note. Take note, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, at the time of my defense, one of my administrators and assistant principal actually came to my defense. And a part of the defense was a professional development. Mm-hmm. And um, so they required us to do an hour and a half professional development, even before the defense part. <laughs> and so she came in, and I remember seeing her, and I'm thinking, ooh, Uh-oh. she's going to know what I've been doing. Right, right. And so she was taking notes as she wrote the whole time. And after it was over, she stopped me before I went into the defense, which was in another room. And she said, when did you do this? And I said, well, um, on your watch. And I just had to go on (laughs) into my my next part of my um, requirements for UMPSL. So Uh I did. I did. I just honestly, I didn't wait for the approval from Mm. the new administrator. Um, I don't blame him. I could understand he was new. Um, At that point, we were a year or so outside of the initial unrest in Ferguson. And, you know, we were treading lightly Mm -hmm. as a district, if I could say that. Mm -hmm. And I understood his position being a new administrator, not wanting to rock the boat and not wanting me to rock the boat in his building. But it it really wasn't about a black and a white. It Mm -hmm. it had everything to do with how our language is a part of who we are. Because in listening to my students do the work, I was starting to do the work as this middle schooler who had never even thought about why I wore this mask of language. Mm. So moving forward, we had the year of um, the election last year. Yeah. And so chat moved beyond language identity and more into the culture and the politics. So we had Colin Kaepernick not standing, you know, taking a knee. And the students wanted to talk about that. And yeah. they really just wanted to know more about their culture yeah and so chat academy would be inside of the classroom mm-hmm. and it would just be during the lesson and sometimes i would have the opportunity to put my little logo on the board okay guys this is time for chat but often chat happened when it needed to happen yeah. it's very organic yeah um and so i do a lot of um, taking notes and recording the conversations and so under the label of chat academy i mm-hmm. can always go back and say well this conversation happened on x y and z but it's not an after school activity gotcha. it's not a gotcha it is it is in the moment mm-hmm. um the same students that I did the work with actually even facilitated a professional development for the teachers. Wow. Um, and that wasn't a planned something. It happened in the moment. And out of necessity, it and sounded And out like. of necessity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Teachers wanted to know, you know, what I, what I was doing because I had started to now not just record on my phone, mm-hmm. but now I had this 
camcorder and I'm mm-hmm. like if that's what they still call them a <laughs> video recorder <laughs> video recorder mm-hmm. and so I'm you know it, it, recording the students because now I know that I need to compile this mm-hmm. so that I can use it down the line to help someone else mm-hmm. um, and so when teachers asked we ended up going into the classroom and we rearranged the setting so they didn't feel like a classroom and the students took over wow and they wanted to talk about their monologues they wanted to talk about the origin of why they even wanted to be a part of this and so Mm -hmm. it all went under the heading of chat academy yeah um so i have tried to do some things here and there after school with chat academy um in last year the end of the school year for the eighth graders we did um chat vision Mm mm-hmm I wanted my eighth graders to take some time and do a vision. It was a vision board party mm-hmm. for their high school years. And um, Chat Academy, under this label of Chat Academy, we also did a parent and family night at the History Museum, the nice. Civil Rights Exhibit. Um, so it's it's kind of weird to say, but my long-term goal is to have it be its own entity, its own space yeah. um, beyond Hazelwood, behind, beyond my students. But right now it just happens when it happens, yeah. and it's a chat. Yeah, and it sounds like it could be a replicable model for other teachers Absolutely. as well. So Absolutely. Um, I can certainly see how your work uh, with Chat Academy, your work in the classroom, um, it sounds like, I mean, you use the word organic a lot. You know, um, you lend to things that are supposed to happen in your classroom. They just happen. And um, you being the facilitator of what needs to happen for your students um, to empower them to, to kind of move that to the next, de- the next level. Yes. So that that kind of ties into the work that you do currently with Educators for Social Justice. So you got involved because uh, one of your professors you mentioned Absolutely. Uh, before we even started the podcast, we were kind of chatting. And so you talked about your one of your professors recommending you uh, get involved with ESJ. Correct. So yeah. um, Dr. Rogers, Rebecca Rogers, she was one of the professors in my uh, cohort for mm-hmm. language, literacy and culture. Um, she invited me to participate with ESJ because she, of course, has spent three years with mm-hmm. me around my research, and she felt like the work that I was doing for my Chat Academy would lend itself to the work that ESJ was doing. Mm-hmm. And so um, she invited me to a committee planning meeting for the conference that's held annually in February, and I attended and was just totally on board with um, sharing what I do mm-hmm. and really honestly just collaborating yeah. with other educators. I yeah. had no idea that other people were taking these risks because it is taking a risk. It is, absolutely. Um, I had no idea that especially white educators mm-hmm. were taking the risk mm-hmm. and wanting to become more educated and wanting to collaborate and wanting to understand how they can move forward with instruction and um, teaching their culture yeah. to um, understand and yeah. be more sympathetic. Absolutely. Um, and active and proactive Mm -hmm. in some of the next steps to uh, positivity in our culture collectively. Can you speak to the importance of that, like social justice and education um, with an organization like Educators for Social Justice and, you know, folks from across the spectrum coming together to kind of talk about these issues and, you know, how to integrate this into the work of being an educator? Mm -hmm. Why is it important? So the importance is is because it's the life that we live right now. Mm. And although we assume that our children are only on their electronic devices, they are blatantly aware of what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And if we turn a blind eye to it, then we're not helping to mold them into productive citizens. I I would tell my students, um, and I tell them all the time, you guys are 14. This next election, some of you all will be able to vote, Mm -hmm. and you won't have time to get ready. You need to be ready. 
And so just having them be more exposed to even we watch News 1 yeah. and we'll talk about one of the topics and, yeah. and use that as a platform for um, what's going on locally mm-hmm. and what can they do right now, not even waiting until they're 18. Yeah. And so it, the importance of teaming with other educators is that there's power in number, of course. Mm-hmm. And so with educators from different spectrums, we have uh, Clayton, we have colleges, the community college, we have me at Hazelwood, we have St. Louis Public. It, it just, the more ground we can cover when mm-hmm. there's more of us doing the work. Mm-hmm. And so not being afraid, yeah. moving past the comfortable to do the work yeah. is what's needed right now for productivity. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, you mentioned, um, and you know, anyone who gets involved and knows about um, educators for social justice, whether uh, you're in St. Louis or you're outside of St. Louis and you're kind of tuned into the work that's being done here through ESJ, um, it can be, uh, it can look like a white space. It is a very, um, there are a lot of white educators, which is great seeing white educators, as you mentioned, doing the work and being engaged. How do we get more educators and community members of color involved in this work? So it's interesting. You and I spoke, <laughs> yeah. spoke about this yeah. uh, maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. We had a teach-in. ESJ sponsored a teach-in, mm-hmm. and it was open to all educators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, you and I were on the panel, mm-hmm. and I can remember turning to you maybe at the end, and I said, what do we need to do to get more black educators here? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I really honestly don't know, and I think, well, not I think, I have been asking, well, why don't you guys come to this? And all I'm hearing is, we're tired yeah. because we've been yeah. doing this work. Mm. We don't have to come to an event to say that we're doing the work. Yeah. And I understand yeah. because I'm tired too. Yeah. But I know that, again, moving past the comfortable, yeah. well, if you only have that single narrative, mm-hmm. then how can you teach all children? Mm-hmm. How are you really impacting the community as a whole? Absolutely. So just hopefully continuing to share the events that we have and continuing to promote people to come and attend our conference to see what it's all about Mm -hmm. will engage more black educators. And then something that I've noticed just from my perspective is the black educators that I'm around, we're more than just teachers. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. at birthday parties on yeah. Friday evenings. Mm-hmm. We're at the games. We're at church events of our students. Mm-hmm. We're in the community. Yeah. And um, so I think because it's second nature, it's not something that maybe they feel like I need to do something additional gotcha. or I need to attend this meeting. Yeah of the minds. But I do think that step is very important. It is important. I think it, yeah, yes, and to all <laughs> of that that you shared, um, and I also think that um, our voice is needed in in the space. Um, not not to provide a counter narrative, but our voice is needed so that we can have a, a collective whole conversation where it's coming okay. from you know all aspects uh, of education and what's needed for our kids to be successful. So I'm going to shift a little bit, and then I'm going to okay. come back with, when I close and talk about ways that um, the listening community can get involved with Educators for Social Justice and some of our upcoming events. Um, but one of the last questions I want to ask you is either what you're reading, what we should be reading as a collective or tuned into or thinking about. So when we talk about social justice and education, what, what are some things that we should be thinking about, reading, 
resource really you know what I mean okay so as an English educator what I've been doing is spending a lot of the last two years mm -hmm. just really immersing myself in the African-American literature mm -hmm. um, I know we speak to being diverse but right now for me I feel like um, my student there's a need for my students to understand who they are yeah. ethnographically you do the work within self before you can do the work with everyone else absolutely and so I've been just really jumping into any literature that touches social justice mm -hmm. for the youth. Um, the Hate You Give is mm -hmm. a novel that um, it's, has some language in there that you can't just read the novel straight through because yeah. um, some parents are a little standoffish. But there are snippets and passages, parts of the passage um, that you can excerpts that you can use to teach to. Um, I'm spending a lot of time with youth literature because I like to be an example. Okay. And so when my students are coming to me and they're, we're talking about these things that are happening on News One, mm -hmm. well, now I need to couple that with some literature because, of course, I've got to meet that curriculum expectation yep. as well. Yep. So I spent a lot of time also on News ELA, which is for educators. Um, News ELA. Is News ELA? News ELA. Okay. Yes. And forgive me, I don't know if it's .com or .org, but it is a site of a collection of articles mm -hmm. that are leveled by reading. Mm-hmm. So you can go, um, if you have high readers or if you have low readers, you can take one particular article and you can type in which level you want. So, for example, the Friday that we were dismissed from school early for the Stockley verdict, um, many of the students didn't understand what was going on, why they were getting out early. Well, I knew, let me go to New Zealand and see what I can find because it's also going to meet my standard that I'll be teaching. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, there was an article about us here in St. Louis, wow. Stockley Verde. Wow. And so I was able, and I teach three sections of English, and each of the sections are at a different level. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to print out the article. Um, there's art activities that you can do with it, discussion points that you can do with it. Um, and again, it lends itself to that organic space of just talking about real world events. Mm -hmm. So I have been spending a lot of time with that and then coupling it with literature, yeah. historically. Mm -hmm. um, we jumped headfirst into the narrative of Frederick Douglass, um, just looking at how history repeats itself and what can we do to be productive citizens and not be a victim of what's mm -hmm. happening to us historically. So I, I'm not really doing a lot of adult reading for yeah, pleasure. Yeah. I want to be able to be a resource for my students. And because this work is still newer for me, mm -hmm. um, I am still looking into that literature. So yeah. I'm always seeking out. So the teaching that we had mm -hmm. um, a month ago was really good because there were so many resources so that were coming out. So many resources, yeah. yes. And um, mm -hmm. I can, I don't know if we have a website or anything, but there is, there's a list of resources that just teachers were, the white educators who came. Yeah. And, and that, to me, I felt like, oh, my, they are more abreast of the culture and the literature and it's readily available things that I never heard of, which again speaks to why our black educators yeah, need to become absolutely, involved. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so also additionally, what I've done is I sought out an African American literature book in our district. Mm -hmm. um, we traditionally have a literature book, but again, I want to dispel just that single narrative and I want the students to be able to do work within themselves. And so culturally we're African American. So I want to start with the African American yeah. literature. And I heard that there was an African-American literature book, and I sought it out, found it in the district, and I got copies sent over. So we spend time with that. We do a poem a week, mm -hmm. um, whether it's Langston Hughes or uh, Maya Angelou. We do the work with the poem. And, of course, that, again, speaks to I can hit the learning targets. Yeah. And I can back it up. Right. Yeah. So if you walk in, <laughs> we are chatting. Yeah. But it's about 
something that's very relevant. Mm-hmm. I like to take um, like the historical literature mm-hmm. with, as I spoke to the News ELA, which is informational text. So that's what's really happening now. Yeah. And merging the two. And hoping that students are doing the work and sharing what they're doing with parents. Yeah. Um, and we just had Make parent-teacher it. conferences last week, and the parents were like, she told me about you guys were doing this poem. What was that poem? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, okay, Alice Walker? Yeah. Here it is right here. You uh-huh. know, so things that we assume yeah. that our parents know that they don't know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, This is good. I wish you were my teacher. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. This is good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, finally, final question. So, um what can the community do to support your work? To support me personally? Support your work. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's And exciting. your work can be ESJ work. Yeah. It can be, you know, so, you in the classroom, the work of social justice and education. Can I just say this? Initially, when I formed my thinking around what I wanted to do for my dissertation, I thought of this show, and I don't, I don't know how old you guys are, but I thought of the show um, that they had on BET. Teen Summit. Uh-huh. I remember Teen Summit. It was shot at, at Howard University. Yep. I wanted to go to Howard University. Yep. I wanted to be on that on that platform. Mm-hmm. And I want a modern day Teen Summit. I think that we hmm. often forget that our children, they probably have some of the answers. Not probably. I know they do. Even when the unrest in Ferguson happened, I use that as um, we we spent some time doing the career. Mm-hmm. Um, development, wanting to find out what what is it that you think you might want to do when you get older. And so using their careers, their potential careers, we created these business proposals. What could what can you do right now from your own space yeah. that will help to um I guess not not well yeah to to clean up, to help support moving forward Ferguson. Yeah. Because we were just a community away. Yeah. And so I teen summit. I just all I kept thinking about. Oh my God! If we had cameras, if we could be televised, people would see, and we would have more, I guess, endorsements or yeah. more um, allies. Yeah, allies. People yeah. that see and get yeah. and hear um, yeah. from the student and the to become visible, so that yeah. the students see people who look like them doing the work that they they want to do, and not having to go online and see a person's name that's on a different coast that they may not meet for years, if ever. So I just think that, you know, if I had the space and students not out, not just Hazelwood, but out anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So I sometimes don't know how to engage because students do like sports. And I find that I'm competing with the sports Mm -hmm. and and things of that nature. And and that academic piece can still be fun and still be very relevant and still be very meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, another thing is coming to the conference. It's open to everyone. Um, Usually the fee is somewhere around $35 to $40. Mm -hmm. And so it's very inexpensive. It's a full day. Uh, We'll be there February 24th. Just coming to see what we're doing. Parents. Mm You know, so that we can it's have open them to also. everyone. It's open right? to everyone. Right? Okay. Last year, we even had students who came. Yes. So we had students. We had educators. Um, we have table um, space where different vendors. organizations and mm-hmm. vendors can set up and just share their information. Mm-hmm. Um, we have authors that are local that children need to hear from. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the things that I, I will love. Continue support anything that we're doing with ESJ. We always um, have. We have a Facebook page mm-hmm. that we advertise those events. They're always open yeah. to parents and students and educators, administrators. Yeah. We've even had um, local clergy yeah. um, come in and do some work with us as well. Yeah. So I think the more people that we can get on board, we can take over 
and do more positive work. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. I can talk to you. I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, this will be a 20-minute conversation. I can keep going. Oh, okay. But we're going to wrap up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I can wrap up. Thanks so much for sharing Thank your you time and me. talent and your passion today. Um, this has been great. Um, I want to first say that, you know, some of the things that you shared with us, like the News LA and the narrative of Frederick, Frederick Douglass and the book The Hate You Gave, we're going to include in the footnotes for the show okay. so that people can um, – have access to the resources that you've shared today. Uh, we want to invite our listeners to mark their calendars for the upcoming Educators for Social Justice events. Um, Thursday, November 9th, we'll be with the Metropolitan Congregations United and the ACL ACLU here in St. Louis. Um, they're hosting from pa Pipeline to Pathways uh, Community Assembly at Harris Stowe University um, Sunday, December 3rd, 2017. Um, they have a We Stories partnership um, where they'll host a racial equity curriculum event from 3 to 5 p.m. Um, and then the conference that we've been talking about yes. will be on Saturday, February 24th, 2018. This is the 13th annual Education for Social, I'm sorry, Educating for Change curriculum conference. It'll be held at Y Down Middle School again here in St. Louis. Um, you can go to the website for RSVP links and more information by visiting www.educatorsforsocialjustice.org. Thanks for listening to the Educators for Social Justice podcast, and we look forward to connecting with you next time.